This is episode 30 of Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wacy, brought to you by Everything Cowboy. The big 3-0. How about that? It's a lot of episodes. I'm going to be 30 next year. No. Yeah, 2020, 2020, you're 30? In 2020, I turned 30. In 2019, I turned 29. Oh, my God. How old are you this year, bud? 27. 27? Right, no, so you're 26 right now. 26 right now. You're the same age as Dakota. I can't believe it's not butter. Our yeah, guest for the show. He's a month older than me. A month older than you? Yeah. So who was the better steer rider back in the day? Dakota was greatest ever lived. <laughs> like, I was pretty good. I, I'll give myself some kudos. Yeah. Like, I wrote, like, you'll hear in the interview, like, because, like, the CCA was different back in the day. We had yeah. a, the A pool, B pool. Yeah. And we were getting on, like, three, four-year-old bulls. with, And then Dakota and I were the only two guys going two-handed that were in, like, the top six or whatever. Did you get ridiculed hard for that? <laughs> yeah, some people, like... Like, who got mad, though? Like, the old grizzly, grizzly just like bull the, veterans? Just, like, a lot of the older bull riders. That, but, like... Oh. But where are they now? Well, it's not even just that. It's like a lot of them rode two-handed growing up too, right? Oh, like, and they're trying to give you trouble? Well, it just, it just... Fuck that. It just like, well, even like when Dakota was going to move on to the bull riding, like everybody's like, oh, he's not going to do any good because all he did was ride two-handed. He goes, he wins the LRA, WRA, FCA junior bull riding, and he comes back, season leader in the, the CCA. Yeah. Wins every... He, I mean, anyways, but yeah, it was... Because he's really good. So yeah, all yeah. you haters can go F off. And like we wrote like we rode a lot of bulls. Like they had... Good. like Do you ever remember a bull of Blaine's called Biodiesel? Yes. Yeah. PBR Cannibal. He was a four-year-old. Yeah. We had him at the finals in the, in okay. the junior bowl riding that year. He was like an 84-pointer in the in the PBRs. When, like he was, when, he was, when he first came out, like they were yeah. like 86, 88 on him. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, I mean, anyway, it was funny because like the season leader got to pick the bulls. Like we had bulls that could have been in the open bowl riding at the CCA. Oh, really? In the CCA. Yeah. The one year, the next, the very next year, my brother made it in 09. Jared Parsonage, he was 84 points, had the highest score of the whole week like, out of the junior, the junior riding, riding. And, the open, and the open. Really? Yeah, it was not one of because their Saturday afternoon would be Schellenberg Day. And okay. we, we would just tell them bring a load of bulls. And yeah, there were some really good, like, really good bulls that would come through it. Oh, man. And we were getting on them two hands. So in Parsonage, was there the same year as your brother? Yeah. Yeah. I be, actually beat out Jared the year before. You beat Parsonage to, to make go, the finals? No, wait. Yeah. But we were just starting. Like, we were just kids back really? in the day. Yeah. Hmm. Dakota won the year I went. The Kane Larson won the year my brother went, and like Jared was there, a few other guys. Have you done a recent update with Kane and his uh, and his uh, oversized <laughs> testicle? Uh, he's doing well. Yeah, I don't think he's going to Red Deer, but his groin was. But he's like he's okay. He's doing shit. Okay. Yeah, he's working riding horses. I think his balls are normal size. <laughs> <laughs> You haven't checked though. You don't really. I haven't know. checked. I haven't seen him for for. If a bit, you were but. a real journalist, you would know this. You would have prepared. You would have been ready. Dive deep in. New Year, same. No, I haven't. Same I haven't. Uh, I haven't. I haven't talked to him actually for a few days since before the New Year. But uh, yeah, I'm oh sure my. he's doing fine. I haven't heard anything otherwise. <laughs> I haven't heard through the grapevine. Maybe they're back to grape size. You don't know. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. I'll give him a call and get an update for next episode on for everybody. How about this winter we've been having so far? Super strange. It's pretty nice to not be cold as balls. I'm kind of. It kind of makes me sad though that there's no snow. Well, but I'm not too sad. Like I tried to organize. We'll get it next year. I tried to organize an ODR night or outdoor rink night. Yeah. For, like last week, and it was so warm out. The rinks you were couldn't. melting. Yeah. Oh. That's kind of depressing. I saw a really cool rink with lights on it just right by our house over at Thorncliff. It looked awesome. Thorncliff over there. Yeah, there was lights on it. Looked really nice. They looked like yeah. two sheets of ice there's, over there. There's one there. It's good, but no no boards. Maybe. I found a one on Brentwood by the Brentwood rink. That one is nice too. And, and it has, they must have used a Zamboni out there because it's right by the rink. Oh, dang. They must. Dang. What I want to do before the winter's over is go out to Two Jack with a bunch of people, bring like a little barbecue, mm-hmm. have some beers, play some like outdoor hockey in the mountains. It'd be mm-hmm. pretty cool. That'd be neat. That's on my list. That'd be neat. What's the highlight of your, of any, of your new year so far, Wazy? How's your new year's resolutions going? How far did you get so far? Uh, I'm eating better. <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm being more yeah. conscientious of what I eat. 
What did you have today? What do we have today? You had a couple leftover sausages. Yeah. Today hasn't been great. <laughs> I haven't really been. I haven't really left the house yet, though. Like last night, you took the garbage outside. I've done a lot today. I took the garbage out. You went outside twice. Filled up my truck with gas. I went outside once. Wrote my draft for my article that I got coming out. Yeah, Wacy's gonna be a pro writer. You I, did really good. You did awesome. Thanks, good man. work out there. Appreciate it. Hopefully, the editors think the same thing. I think it looked good though. Good work. Yeah, I sent it off to. Well, we'll talk about this another time. But anyways, but yeah, anyways, so, Wacy's um, a pro writer now. Highlight so, so far. So I went skiing tuned. on. The second, and it was a really yep. nice day. I bought some new, I bought some new skis. Yeah, with my student loan. <laughs> have, that's what every student loan child does, isn't it? Like when you get your student loan, you just fucking. Well, splurge, I'm, right? I'm luckily I've, I've got a few scholarships this year, so I can afford yeah. to spend a little bit on myself. And, I, and that's one thing like I haven't done in a long time. I haven't spent some money on myself, so I bought yeah. some bought some new ski gear. It's not even really new. Like the skis I bought were used. mostly Kijiji. Yeah, mostly Kijiji. But you're anyway. like you're thrifty for being on your student loan. You're being thrifty. Yeah, so you're I not mean, just going nuts. And my goal this winter is to get out 10 times. Oh, because so you got one down. I got four. I'm you got one four down already? Third, third. Three down. Three over the holidays. So Man, right next on. time at Sunshine's, anywhere I go next time is free because I have my Sunshine card next time's free. Yep. Lake Louise, I haven't used it yet, so my first time is free. Yep. And I have a free day at Windsport if I want. Well, it's not really free because you paid 100 bucks for the card, right? But my, so my, my, for my Lake Louise or my Sunshine card, I get, this will be my second free day and I've paid yep. for two. So it's a wash for my Sunshine oh, right card. Oh, right on. Yeah. Evened out. So right, that's that's one of my new new things so, that I'm doing this winter is skiing more. Are you gonna w- make the cowboy ski race like the downhill? Are you gonna w- are you gonna win at the end or what do you think? Like what's gonna happen? I don't know yet. I have to, I have to see how fast these new set of skis are. Oh really? The scary thing they're not really fast skis though. Really are they? Like you gotta get different skis if you're gonna go really 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 fast and compete with the people that are winning. Yeah, I don't know if I have like the weight behind me to win either. Like you look like hmm. not maybe not, you need a backpack. Not, not with trying some to bricks be in not it. being mean to like Brett Gardner, but he's pretty fast. He is pretty he's fast. A big, he's a, he's a lot a of gravity big, on that. Big boy. On his side. Yeah, and he's usually in the mix for the... And I don't think That's I'm just true. there. I think I'm going to do better in... What about Riley Harvey? He's pretty fast. Annalise, she's and, tiny. And they got, they got like racing skis though, don't they? See, so that's the thing. Skis are important. Yeah, that's what I said. You got to have a fast, a fast set of skis. I think mm. I'm going to do better on the head-to-head race this year because okay. I have a good set of skis. What should we get for prizes for that? What are you thinking? What would, you, what would be a good prize for that? I like the buckle. That's only for the downhill though, right? The, buck, uh, the buckles for the downhill. I'm winter. thinking I might switch it up this year. Since I'm working with Montana Silversmith now, I might get buckles for everything. I would do that. Or what about like a money clip or like a knife? Maybe an engraved knife? I think or like I think you could have buckles for your wi- the winner, like the winners for the buckles, like the, a, a men's buckle and a women's buckle. Yeah. And then you have like a prize for a fast time. Yeah, best, like a couple best, extra prizes. Best wreck. Hmm, I like it. I like it a lot. There were some good wrecks last year. Oh, well, there's going to be some good wrecks this year too, I'd imagine. And being in April... By, April, by the way, on a Saturday, recently announced April 20th is the seventh edition of the Canadian Cowboy Ski Race. And it's on a Saturday, so it's going to be awesome. And the Sunday is a holiday and the Monday is a holiday. So there's two days Two to more recover. ski days after. Yeah, you can even ski after the race this year, which is probably going to be awesome. Same location. Mount Norquay, Banff. I don't know what we're doing for after party yet. We haven't even planned that. We haven't even planned it. So if you want to have a party with us, we're going to be in Banff April 20th. So if you, you know want some people, there. If you know some people, well, you like to party. So yeah, how is your resolutions going so far? Where I didn't make any. I just didn't want to disappoint myself, so I didn't make any. Fair, 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 fair. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> I really did, yeah. I, how, I but my, how is... Wait, I have your, my other goals kind of thing. I got... We're a week, oh, we're week into 2019. How are you this. feeling so far? I just put my... I just opened my page back to uh, this first book, April 4th, 2018. It said I wanted to uh, finish this book within eight months. Didn't happen. <laughs> and I was going to write two updates per week. Didn't happen. Work out three times a week. Yeah, I've done that pretty do that, decently. Yeah, because you can take like, hockey. 
you ride the bike. Yeah. Like I've get some in, but I haven't rode the bike, the bike today. Like as soon as I got on it, I got a headache and I'm like, uh, I don't want to do this. <laughs> I really had to power through that one because it was hard. And yeah. then I didn't get it to work until 1030, but work is in the house. So it was a pretty slow, pretty, <laughs> <laughs> pretty slow morning. I want to read 10 new books. I did do that. You're a uh, reading fool. Meditate. I've been meditating lots. Um, I have a funny story about Ted for the listeners. So yesterday uh-oh. I get home, uh-oh. get home from, I was playing hockey. I walk in the door and we're about to, we were going to play a game of Catan. For those who don't know, it's a, it's a board oh, game. Yeah. For those who don't know. Catan. So Ted and, and Storm are sitting on the couch reading books. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, so you guys want to play Catan? He's like, yeah, just as soon as this game's finished. And the game that's on TV <laughs> is the Finland versus Uf- USA World Junior Championship game, which had happened the day before on Saturday. And Finland had already won the gold medal, but Ted had been so deep into his book that he didn't realize that it was a day late on the game. Yep, that happened. <laughs> That's pretty funny. It did happen. Well, we are through segment one here today. Let's Call let's it. wrap it up. Get into the interview. You're listening to episode 30 of Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wacey. This week on the podcast, we talked to two-time Canadian champion bull rider and three-time PBR World Finals. He was the top Canadian in the world standings in 2018. Finished number 17 in the world. Dakota, I can't believe it's not butter. Live from Connecticut. <laughs> Coming at us. What's going on, guys? Well... Wait, he just shot in a box of Smarties. <laughs> <laughs> like it was a shot Smarties, of alcohol. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> just like one shot. Like, you know, like Halloween, like a kid that like just gets home from Halloween and just darting through all his candy. That was Wacy a minute ago. Need a sugar rush. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I can see it. I just had a nap. So I was a little grumpy when I woke up. <laughs> Ted was. <laughs> but I'm good now. Oh, good. So tell us what you're doing. <laughs> Oh, just I'm in Connecticut for a couple of days here. Me and Matt Tripler down. We're doing some advanced concussion testing stuff. Okay, it's something that the PBR is eventually gonna have everyone on tour do. It's something they want everyone to have peace of mind. It kind of goes a little more in depth on things. So it's just they're looking out for us, and it's gonna make things a lot better for sure. Okay. And are you and Triplet together still, or are you guys have to head back soon, or what's going on? He went to eat right now, and I'm just chatting with you guys. <laughs> Okay. Lucky you. Lucky you, yeah. Did yeah. You, so what do you, where did he go? Did he go to Hooters or what, what's Matt's choice of uh, restaurant? Uh, I don't know. There's not a whole lot around here. <laughs> kind of a, <laughs> I honestly do not know where he went. There's not a whole lot around this place. There's a, So on the next episode, we'll find out where Matt Triplett went. Where in the world is Matt Triplett in Connecticut? <laughs> Isn't Hartford in Connecticut? Like is where the Whalers are from originally? Yeah, I'm actually like not too far from Hartford. Okay, cool. Did you get a jersey? No, I'm fine out of there though. You're flying out of Hartford to go back to Saskatoon or what? Going to Chicago from here. Oh, right to Chicago. Oh, because you're doing yeah, PR for Chicago. Chicago. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. Get to go to a Blackhawks game. That'll be pretty That's fun. cool. So this podcast is actually going to air after you drop the puck at the Blackhawks game. So why don't you tell us about how awesome it was dropping the puck at the Blackhawks game? Oh, uh, I hope I don't have to drop the puck. <laughs> no, you do. I heard that today on a phone call. You do. You're, you're dropping the puck. For, for a freaking Blackhawks uh, game. That's no. big man, time, you man. You need Jonathan Taves. And whoever they're playing. Who they're playing? Uh, the Predators. Ooh, and oh. Roman Yossi. You get to drop the puck for those two yahoos. That's pretty cool, oh, man. Sweet. I heard I get to shoot a puck, though, at intermission. Really? Like, good, thing, good thing you played hockey before, though. Like, this isn't nothing new to yeah, you. Yeah, I hope I can keep her straight. Dang. Well, by the time this one airs, we'll know whether or not you got it in or not. So When is the, <laughs> when is the last time you played hockey or skated or anything along those uh, lines? I skated in, like, September, I think it was, but... Oh, Before that, it's been quite a while since I played Sheeny. Damn. I haven't actually played hockey since I was 18. 
Yeah. Remember you came to one of my game ones games one time in Turtleford, I think it was. Turtleford? Not Turtleford. No, it was when it was when uh, Rosetown and Kindersley were combined, their midget team. Oh yeah. We can't remember what drink it was, but there's like the balcony behind my net and like all the Kindersley dads and Rosetown dads because we're we had a big line brawl the game before. And they're all standing <laughs> behind, they're all standing behind me and like calling me very bad names. The dads were calling the you dads bad were, names. Yeah, the dads wanted to fight me, all of them. Did you block or somebody, Wacy? No. Maybe I punched a guy though. It was it was a big, with your block. My dad got jumped in the lobby of the Watson <laughs> rink after the game the game at my home rink. Really? By the other dads. And then the, the other game, Dakota was at the other game. It was pretty wild. My brother fought some guy. Did they try and fight your dad? Four dads jumped my dad they in the rink lobby. <laughs> How'd they know it was your dad? That you were the bad guy on the ice? You know you know who my dad is at a hockey game when we're playing. Did he earn it? He didn't earn it. Like, you don't get jumped by four people. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, yeah. It was my, my brother and I ran out of the room with, like, our Under Armour stuff still on, chased these guys on the bus with their hockey sticks. Really? They just peeled out of town. Probably deserved it anyway. Yeah, it was wild. Anyways. Damn. So where did you fit into this uh, debacle, Dakota? What happened? Well, it was this wasn't in the Kinders League, like the game in I think it might, might have been in Rosetown. I don't know where it was, but Dakota and I are friends. Yeah, I we're friends from recall. way back. For those who don't know, he just texted you and said, "I'm playing in that town." You said you're coming to the game or something, and you ended up being at that game. But nothing wild happened in that game. I think there's a couple fights and stuff, and one guy tried to fight me. But when was this? Like Pee Wee or what? Midget hockey. Had been oh. probably 16, 17. So were you playing double A? Yeah, double A midget. Okay. Mm-hmm. Damn, going way yeah, back. I don't remember. You don't remember that? Where did you play hockey, Dakota? Did you guys play against each other at all? I don't think so. No, I just played A. I didn't play double A or anything like that. I played a lot of Eston and Etonia. You played for them? Yeah. Oh, I guess Etonia was just wasn't very far from you either. Yeah, I can't, well, where my parents live is kind of between Kansas and Eston. It's about the same distance between both. Oh, okay. So is that where you met the Beckers by chance? I just met them with Blueprint down the road. Oh, okay. Rodeos. Okay. Now you guys are really good friends. They come to a lot of events with you guys and come to the finals different times. Yeah, there's been a few events of ours and... Yeah, it's been good. Well, Wacy's going to lead this interview today. He's uh, <laughs> he's my first. What's well, my second time actually? But we'll we'll see what we can do here. I want to first. I want to start off with back in our like junior bull riding days back in the CCA. Because whenever I talk to people about you and back in those days, I think of you as the greatest two-handed rider ever <laughs> in all of all time. And I just want I don't know I want you to talk about that and kind of how that shaped you into what you are today as a bull rider. Well, you know we got <laughs> criticized a lot for that. Oh, for Riding sure. Some little bulls, two-handed, but I don't know, it didn't seem to bother me a whole lot. It kind of helped shape me a little differently because it being two-handed, I didn't have, seemed to be a little bit harder to ride the bulls two-handed. And then when I went to one hand, it wasn't really much an adjustment because I was used to that feeling a lot more weight two-handed. And when I went to one hand, it wasn't as much there as two-hand. Mm-hmm. But I kind of got all my balance and everything and got every, all the fundamentals working properly before I switched to one. So it kind of that helped me that way a fair bit, I believe. And just there were some rank bulls we got on two handed. Oh, yeah. Remember, we, like, we shouldn't have been getting on. Yeah. <laughs> shouldn't like, have been getting on in the juniors, probably. <laughs> yeah. I remember, well, the finals in 08. I think every bull I got on that week, the loop on my rope, I almost had to take the loop out of my rope. Every bull was so big. And that was you. Yeah. That year, I think I only saw you buck off one time, and it was at the finals, that big white bull of oh, Chris's. Uh, walk, walk on, on by. Walk on by, yeah. 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 And then I was telling Teddy about this the last, I think we were just talking. Remember at the Chinook finals in 2008 when you like got knocked out on that white cow and you still rode her? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's pretty 
funny. That was the last two handed ride I ever did. Does that count? That was after. No, it wouldn't be the last two handed ride because we had the CCA finals yeah. after that. So I want to talk about like your path to the pros too. Like you, like in my eyes, your path was a little bit more unconventional than most guys. Like you took the path you did, like the Little Britches, the CCA. Then you went on to Alberta, went to their junior bull riding associations. Then you came back to like the semi-pro bull riding as, as opposed to like some guys like I know back home, a lot of guys would just do the junior bull riding and jump right into the open. Just kind of talk about how your path differed that way to the pros as most guys. Where like I grew up, I was right on the border. I was kind of right in the middle of everything. Like it was, it was four hours of John or four hours of calendar. So I had more of an option where I wanted to go. Kind of started playing around with little britches a little bit. And then as I got a little better then, moved to the K-Sure, rode there for a few years. When I first started, I always wanted to set goals, accomplish those goals, and then move on. Not kind of overwhelm yourself with too much at a time. And Donnie Johansson told me this. As the first year in school I went to was Donnie Johansson and, the, and them boys. And when I was, I think I was 10 or 11, and one of the do- first things Donnie says is set your goals, achieve them, and then move on. And that's kind of what I've been doing my whole career. I set a goal, work towards it until you achieve it, and then set new goals. So I went to KSRA, and then I won those finals, and I wanted to try something a little harder. So that's when I went to CCA, riding the junior bulls there. And then I think it was 2007, 2008, I won those finals. And then I was getting older. I wasn't quite ready for the open bulls yet. So then in Alberta, the FCA LRA, they had junior bull riding. I think it was 15 and 16. You could ride one-handed, so I went and rode there for a couple of years. Just kind of let my body develop. I knew I wasn't ready for the open bowls yet, so I took it slow, went there for a couple of years, and then went back to CCA for one year, I think. I rode open in CCA, mm-hmm. maybe two. You'd have then, been the same year or Stetson won it. Would have been that year. Yeah. 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 2010, maybe? Yeah, t- 10 or 11. Yeah. That year, I went there. I kind of, I bought my CPRA card, and I just went to a handful of rodeos, like maybe 15. I just kind of got my foot wet in the pro rodeos. I wasn't quite ready yet. Like, I was getting a few checks, but I wasn't quite there yet. Yeah, not to where and, you wanted uh, to be, obviously. Yeah, I wasn't mature enough yet for it. So I rode DCA for the rest of that year. Then next year, I started the year off good and just went hard to the CPRA. And then, yeah, I worked there for five years. I rode this CPRA and then reached my goal that I wanted to accomplished there getting the season leader in the finals and getting the Canadian champion and then after like four or five years of that, I was just kind of getting not really bored but I wanted to try something different because I was getting going to the same rodeos year after year I was kind of getting bored of it I wanted to try something different so then I started I got my PBR card and started playing around with those a little bit did that for I only went for to a handful of those for the first couple of years that would have been 14, 15 I think and then 2016 I went to a lot more I went to those I kind of made them more my priority than the rodeos and then lucky with the opportunity I got with Ty getting back on tour and giving him he gave me a spot at the velocity final that kind of really set me up for where i am now because that extra opportunity i got bumped me into the finals and then set me up for the next year and then yeah that's about where i am now so and comparing like you talk about how you you see barry rodeo for a long time and you dominated that level now you're at a point where you're competing with the best bull riders in the world like how would you compare the difference between say the like rodeo compared like bull riding kind of comparison we always see a lot about like which one do you prefer the rodeos are a lot of fun like i do miss going to the rodeos they're a lot more relaxed you know like hang out have fun with your buddies fool around watch the other events like i love all the other events of rodeo like buddies and barebacks up wrong everything just a lot more laid back but the pbrs they're down here they're so so much fun too it's so intense and it's pyros going and everything but it's good to use stepping stones to build your confidence up, get to where you want to be, get your consistency at one level, and then push yourself a little more, get yourself out of your comfort level, challenge yourself more, and then move up. That's kind of 
with the rodeo did with the PBR. It took me a while to get my consistency in the rodeo, and then I got comfortable with my consistency there and then went to the PBR. So you got to, it depends how you work. You can get on a pile of bulls and rodeo, but you can get on a pile of bulls and PBR too. Like, go to a PBR one night, you can get on, you know, a long round, short round. You're getting guaranteed two bulls. Mm-hmm. Night, rare rodeo, you can go to one, get on one good bull, make a pile of money. But when it comes down to I love the rodeos. I love PBR. I just love bull riding. It's, they're both awesome. Yeah, for sure. And it's like, you kind of, you touched, you touched on it when you're t- talking about like, your road to where you're at now. It's like, you dominate one level, move up to the next level, challenge yourself, and you just keep repeating that process, and that kind of builds a good foundation for where you're at now. Yeah. So you're coming off your best year in the PBR as of yet. What do you have in mind for, as goals for 2019 and kind of where you want to go and where are your priorities set? I, I really want to get in that top 10 this year after the world finals. That's my goal. That's what I'm going to be working for all year. If I have to go a little harder in the summer, it's something I'm going to have to do. If I have, if I want to get there, that's my goal. Main goal, getting top 10. For sure. And then a lot of things that we don't really talk about with guys is like outside of the arena, like what are you doing to make yourself better and to keep yourself competitive? Like we, you don't really get to see that side of it too often. I watch a lot of videos stuff. It's, it's kind of how I've always been. I really analyze myself on videos, kind of figure out what's going on. I watch a lot of other guys too, see what's working on with them. That's just something I stick to. And there's like I still talk to John Johansson once in a while and Cody Custer's at the events lots of times too talk to him. But PBRs, there's so many great bull riders around all the time. You, you always have like the greatest help for that. If you're having trouble with something, there's ten guys you can go walk back and talk to you, say, Hey, what's going on? Two years ago when I was having such a hard time, there was more than one guy came up to me and told me what I was doing wrong, but it wasn't sinking in where someone else came up and told me the exact same thing and for some reason it sunk in. This is finding the right people that click with you. And there's so many guys that to talk to, and it's just that's what I've been doing, sticking with. For sure. So you talk about you're like touching on what you're saying before, like you have so many people available to you. Like, is there a particular person who's become like say a mentor for you at that level? One guy I've always looked up to is Chris Shivers, but I have yet to meet him. <laughs> <laughs> He's one guy I'd love to to meet one day, but I haven't seen him at an event yet. Okay, Teddy, you got anything? Dakota, you talked about getting to that next level. And you have lots of help at the events and whatnot, but what is it that you need to do to get to that, to, to take that next step and to, to bump yourself to a top 10 bull rider in the world? Keep myself healthy. That was some two years ago. It really plagued me. And it's, I'm not that old, but I'm really feeling it a lot more <laughs> than I did a couple of years ago. It's, I'm really having to work on that, keeping my body, everything working how it's supposed to. And I got one of them little, med, not medicine ball, but one of those little cameras. They're like weighted balls that I stand on. That seems to be helping quite a bit with my balance. I noticed just even doing like our concussion protocol stuff, it's really helped my balance tests and stuff are getting a little better, I've noticed. And yeah, just working on staying healthy is the main thing I've been working on at home. That's one thing that, that Mooney, that he, he confessed to doing is standing on that medicine ball kind of like every night kind of thing, wasn't it? Yeah, just pretty much every day I walk by, I'll see it there, I'll stand on it, watch TV for a while or whatever it's you'd be surprised how much that ball stretches muscles everywhere like even in your groin and everywhere it's kind of shocking actually i got one of those downstairs maybe i should bring it upstairs waist watch practice watch hockey and stand on it stand on the medicine ball Mm -hmm. improve our balance what other techniques are you using to kind of maintain your health and keep yourself in tip-top shape through the grind of a full season Keeping a positive attitude, it's something I really, my eyes really been opened up down here that you can't can't let a bad weekend bother you. It only takes one bowl to change everything around. In 2016, it, I'd have a bad weekend. It would bug me and it'd show the next weekend. Last year, if I had a bad weekend, that weekend's gone. I got a new bull today. That's a huge factor. That's what I tell any of the guys that come down that are new is you can't let anything bother you. It only takes one bull. And it, it's really been helping too, keeping that attitude. 
What's it like been with the surge of like Canadian talent coming down, down there now, like Lonnie West, Brock Radford, I'm sure there's gonna be some more guys knocking on the door this summer. Like how does that help you in your preparations? I love having all the guys down here. It makes me feel more relaxed. I got boys from home and grow grow up riding with them guys. So it's just like riding at home somewhere. Everyone's friends down here, but it's a lot different when you have your best buddies from childhood around it. Everyone, we're all we're a team down here. And speaking of teams, how about the next edition of the Global Cup coming up in Arlington here next couple of weeks? Yeah, I, we got a strong team going in, and I'm I'm looking forward to it. Hope everyone can stay healthy this year, go, leading up to it, because I think we're gonna have a pretty strong showing again. What is it gonna take for us to win it? Keep riding our bulls, take one bull at a time. And the last two Global Cups, we did just that. Uh, I think we just need to keep doing what we've been doing. And in Australia, we really come together as a team. It was it was pretty cool to be around, just showing how Team Canada. We didn't leave each other's side the entire time we were there, and it was so much fun. I think it really helped all of us bond more together, and it was. It was an awesome bull ride, and it was pretty cool how the how all of our friendships got stronger. How do you compare the team dynamic at the Global Cup as compared to a regular like UTB event? Like, do you prefer the team and team aspect better, or like just the regular events? Riding as a team is it's so cool. Like, I can't even describe it. You just got like to be there in the atmosphere. Everyone's waiting to see who who's going to do what on their ride, and it's. It's so, it's so much fun riding for more than just yourself. You know, you got the whole country and team. If you buck off at a UTD, then you buck off for yourself. If you buck off there, you buck off for Team Canada. Everyone else that's wearing that jersey, it's something that we never get to ride as a team. It's once in a while thing, so it's it's fun. I, can, I really like it. Last time you rode at Cowboys Stadium in Arlington, uh, your helmet and glove and mouth guard got stolen. Do you, uh, yeah, you let them get away with it? I, I I'm sorry. I saw the guy. <laughs> I saw the guy, and the truth uh, comes out. I didn't know what was going on, and I didn't know it was yours, so I apologize. But do you like need some security down? Like Wacy's looking for some work. If you need like some security for your stuff, I'll come hang out. Yeah, I need some backup for Team Canada down there. A bike lock. That's what you need. <laughs> Just start bike locking your stuff. <laughs> Oh man. Talk about the last year though. And I'm, I'm looking at, I was looking at some of your stats and, and you finished number 30 in the world in 2016, the PBR, you finished 26th in 2017, you finished 17th in 2018. You've won like $300,000 us already in the PBR last year. You won over 111,000. Talk about the success you had last year in those 390 point rides and, and just the, the year you had, you didn't win a, a, a UTB event compared to Nampa the year before, but still a great year. That's something like we were talking about earlier, every time I'd move up a level, it kind of took me a year or two to get comfortable and kind of get more consistent. And it, 2016 was a rough year for me. It was kind of a growing year. Last year, I just felt comf- more comfortable on the Bulls and on tour, traveling every weekend. The travel and really gets the guy, but kind of knowing more how to manage things took a lot of pressure off just there alone. So kind of getting that comfort level and growing as a rider yourself, it, uh, I'm hoping I can keep progressing like how I did in the rodeos, PBR Canada. And will you end up coming to more of the Canadian events this year? And is, is maybe winning the PBR Canada championship a goal of yours? Yeah, it's, I'm really planning on, I'm wanting to go a little bit harder this summer. I didn't go to much last summer. I kind of took it off. It was nice to have a summer off for once, but I think I'm ready to make, make it around at PBR Canada. It's something I've never really took around that. I just kind of went to the events and whatever, but it's something It's something on my on my goal list. I want to be, I want to get PBR Canada title too. In regards to that and in regards to between the week, between all the flights you're doing all, all year, there, there's really no off season. Like you kind of had some time off between the world finals and, and New York, but I mean, there's not much time off otherwise. Like having that summer is kind of one of the only chances you get your body to rest though too. It's kind of a trade-off. 
Yeah, it's kind of kind of give and take. It's gonna gonna have to see how things are feeling coming up to then. All I really had off is December. It's really not a whole lot of time. But for myself, I I feel like anytime I take a break, it does my body a lot a lot of good. I seem to ride a lot better when I come back from a break. So it's kind of just see how things are going up until then and decide it's closer to that time. Well, because it'll depend too. Because I mean, you can win. Like what did Jess win? Like eight hundred or twenty-five points, nine hundred points when you include the fifteen, fifteen. You can win nine hundred points at one event, one major event. Whereas in Canada during the summer, you're gonna be able to win sixty points at a at a touring pro division, or you're gonna be able to win one hundred and seventy at a at a velocity, like at a monster tour event. Like, is the trade off yeah. worth it to get on that many bulls sometimes, or is it is it not? What do you what do you think? Yes and no. If you need the points, you got to go get the points. But if, if your body needs heals up, it, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. Your body needs to heal. If you're riding hurt, you ain't going to do any good anyway. You're just going to do yourself worse. It really depends on how your body's feeling health-wise and point-wise, really. What do you keep busy at during the week? And, and tell tell the people about your schooling and the and the accounting work, too. I haven't worked on it the last couple of years, but I have a little halfway done through my credits for my accounting certificate. I typically I was working on it my January to April semesters because that was my off season when I was rolling. But since I've been on tour, I I haven't had enough time to be working through the courses. They take like some of the classes are forty hours a week. They need to be worked on, and it's, I just don't have the time being home couple days a week so i've been taking a break on that and seeing a couple of years how i'm still interested in accounting or not if i want to continue it but typically when i get home usually i get home monday night wash all my clothes get stuff ready for the weekend and relax for a day or two work on whatever sore and pack up and hit the road again january to april there's not a whole lot of time to kill at home so i just kind of enjoy it when i am there and then uh, like a week like this week you go from new york to connecticut and then over to chicago for pr and then you're gonna be do you go to denver too i didn't enter denver because okay that's what i was thinking i'm gonna be gone for 12 days i i need to be home for a few days after this just stretch of 12 days here. okay but then but otherwise you would go to you would go to denver and then you go right to the next one i don't even know where that is right now but then you go uh, phoenix phoenix yeah then you're home for a few days and you go right back to oklahoma city or just booking that flight when we were talking here so yeah and yeah and after oklahoma city we got to be in arlington that wednesday so it's yeah. really not a whole lot of days between yeah dang how many cows you got around these days there's a dozen around and about eight bulls and i had uh 11 calves this year and they're getting weaned enough to keep a guy busy anyways well, there's there's enough there's enough to keep a guy busy anyway so finishing up here is there anything else that you got wacy question wise i think we've hit everything i need to talk about or i can think of anyways okay let's let's get your definition of cowboy shit since that's the name of the podcast dakota what do you got definition of cowboy shit by dakota uh, <laughs> <laughs> my definition of cowboy shit shooting the shit having fun doing it that's what that's your definition that's the dakota butter version yeah Dakota Butter's definition of cowboy shit. Perfect. Uh, there's still stuff I want to talk about. I want to talk about those big rides this year, like riding that uh, that bull, uh, well, Rising Sun in Milwaukee, and then and then the like Inferno ride. Yeah, like but you're 90 and a half on bottom on bottoms Rising up. Sun. He was 90 or 89 and some on bottoms up, wasn't he? Well, maybe, but I was just talking about the the 90s, the 90s. like oh. the Brown Boots Chrome and Inferno and Columbus. Uh, just talk about those nineties. Cause that was, that was something we talked about earlier this year where it was like another echelon, another level where you're riding those short round bulls. And that's where you really fucking get paid in the PBRs. Like you don't get paid for being like fourth or fifth place. Like you get paid if you're fucking first oh. or second. Yeah. It was, it was kind of something where I was like, 
feeling like it was never gonna I was never gonna get a ninety. He's freaking a twenty five already and hadn't gotten any. It was getting kinda of frustrating because I was so close on a bunch of good bulls and I just come up short. But Brown Boots Crone or no, Inferno was the first one and he was the second short bull, short gold bull that I rode on tour. It took like a big monkey off my back to finally get that ninety. It kinda of gave himself a little more confidence. Hey, I can I can ride them bulls. And uh, then I got on Chrome, Canada there. He bucked me off a couple of years ago. Inferno went into my hand and Chrome went away. And it, kind of, it really shot up my confidence. Everything was feeling good. And uh, when I had Rising Sun, when I finally got Rising Sun in Milwaukee, I wanted to get on that bull for a long time. I had a good pick and finally got to get on him. That bull felt just like a dream. Like he feels awesome. I'd, I would like to get on that bull every weekend. <laughs> At the final, like at the world finals, you were kind of like, you were riding a bit of a heater kind of like after Milwaukee, but then the finals didn't quite go as you wanted to again. It was kind of like you're riding the verge, but then you kind of got beat up a little bit and just kind of hosed a little bit. Like one run round, you were like 7.99, weren't you? Yeah, 7.99, 7.98 on the last two. Yeah, fuck. That was a heartbreaker, but it, I should have been riding for nine seconds, not 7.99. That was my fault, but I felt like I was doing everything right up until those points, and the one bull, I was going to be probably 90 on him, too, if I would have done my job right, but the first couple rounds didn't go good. That, that one bull, he was a tough draw. He was not yeah. one anyone would really want to get on, but then got that third round bull road, not for a whole lot, but... Yeah, then last two got away. That could have made my year in the top 10, but it's something to learn, live and learn by anyway. And what about this last weekend in New York? Just kind of go over that a little bit. It just kind of didn't go your way at all either. You kind of got beat up. and then... Yeah, it, yeah, it was just kind of the same thing. Was, nothing seemed to go my way. I Buck and battle, you were like 7-6. You know, first, first round, and... I got on the bull. I've been on before. He kind of snatched me up out of there. I couldn't get sat back down. So I took a 15-15 bull quite a ways, but he got me. The same, it kind of the same thing happened on my bulls. It came over the front shoulder, but second round, I got I got a bad go. My bull came all backwards and kind of sat me back and then brought me and stomped all over me, and then it was just a bad weekend all around. <laughs> on to the next one yeah yeah forget it she's gone new yeah. weekend coming up oh for sure well cool well, i think that's probably about good eh, buddy i think so i have one more question okay heading heading into the new season is there one bull you want to get on more than any of the ones going down the road besides rising besides sun. rising sun <laughs> besides rising sun you can't pick him every day if you could pick him uh-huh. every day you could but we but that's this is real life and it's not that easy <laughs> bottoms up from J.W. Hearts is another good bull that feels really good that I'd like to get on again. What about a new one that you yeah. haven't been on? Yeah. I'd like to get on Budokan. Okay. I want the Kyle Walgren hauls. He looks good. He doesn't get rode very often, but he just, he looks like he'd feel good. He's around, he'd be around in my hand, and yeah, I think he'd be awesome. Well, awesome, man. Well, thanks for doing this. Go get some food in you. Figure out where, where Triplet ate, <laughs> ate at. Cool. Okay, man. Thanks, well, thanks eh? guys. All right, awesome. Thanks, Dakota. Yeah. Catch Talk up again soon. This is Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wacy, brought to you by Everything Cowboy. Thanks again, Dakota Butter, for being on the show this week. We appreciate it, man, and I uh, want to see you do good this year. And speaking of your story, you mentioned Ty, and, and for those that don't know, Dakota was mentioning Ty Pazabon. In 2016, Ty qualified for the Velocity Tour Finals, I believe is the top Canadian, because he won the Canadian PBR Canada title. Mm-hmm. So with that, he got to go to the Velocity Tour Finals, but Ty... The week before in Tucson, He'd I believe he made it to the finals. He made the finals, yeah. Like he was, or he was safe enough that he didn't. That he was, he was fine. He wasn't going to get knocked out. Mm-hmm. So what he did was he gave the spot to Dakota Butter because Dakota was second in Canada. So he, so he gave Dakota the spot. Dakota made enough points at the Velocity Finals to make the World Finals. He finished top thirty-five after that. Yeah, he finished thirtieth in the world because he rode a high test in the last round and, and placed like I think he placed second in the round. He won like eighteen thousand dollars U.S. Mm-hmm. 
for for that. And Ty that year won. That was the year he won. He took fourth. Like yeah, that. won one hundred and five grand at the finals. So Dakota has a lot to thank Ty for, and I think a lot of us have a lot to thank Ty for after what's happened with the foundation the last two years and and everything that the foundation's done for the sport and it's not as much that as it's tied and the people that donate and the people that give their time to it and i feel people like, representing merchandise like buying merchandise and wearing it and like yeah them, we're spreading helping the, word the out brand there. and helping yeah. helping spread the word and and you know we've seen a lot of guys now take care of themselves better mm-hmm. after hearing the story and you know between the videos we've done now uh, the second one just came out. Ty's, I mean, he, he's gone, but he's not forgotten and he's not, his legacy is still living on and living good way. on. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's amazing what it's, what's happened even in a short amount of time, like the amount of education that's become available to people. Yeah. People are actually taking the time to listen and, yeah. and, and l- learn more about what concussions can do and how you get better and how you yeah. can take the time to be, make sure you're fully healed and all that kind of thing. It's, it's pretty remarkable how far, like, considering where we were at beforehand, where it was like virtually nothing yeah, to where we were at now in two years. It's, it's amazing. And it's pretty cool to see like what I've noticed is the young guys too really taking, like, yeah. taking care of themselves. Even yeah, not even like with head injuries, like the guy will get banged up and he'll take a couple extra weeks off just yeah. to make sure he's okay. And I think well, people are starting to realize more that you got to be hundred percent to do this, right? Like, Oh yeah. Well, and, and one of the stories that was shared on the anniversary of Ty's passing was from Coy Robbins. And Coy said that he would have probably got on the next day after, like, I don't know if he got knocked out or dazed or what happened, but he got a concussion the first night of the Global Cup. And it's still the guy's choice in the, for the most part that mm-hmm. if they can ride or not. But now Coy, he chose not to ride the second day at, the, at what was the biggest event of his career so far. Yeah, like the biggest event in Canada ever. Ever, yeah. yeah. And, he, and he sat out because of what happened with Ty. So yeah. I think I'm really happy to see that. And I think a lot of people are really on board with this. But then there's a few times now where, like, well, who was it? Was it Marcus Gloria this summer that got knocked out at a, like a, at like Prince Albert or something? And he went to or at Alex at the BRC the next day. Yeah. Yeah. Where there's stuff like that, where I don't know if he doesn't, if he doesn't comprehend the story of what happened with Ty mm-hmm. yet, or if he doesn't, if he just, doesn't know. Or if it, being uneducated. He doesn't know. Probably. Maybe he doesn't know, doesn't, right? Or he doesn't care. I mean. And then went, and then went and won the hundred thousand at the Calgary Stampede this year too, which is, which is pretty cool as well. But I mean, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Like some of the, some stuff in place in Canada, they still can't mm-hmm. tell the guys that can't ride, which is fucking ridiculous, I yeah. think. And it's still like, it's, it's a matter of whose fault it is and who can do this and who can do that. And getting the, you know, like the permission. But I mean, like, like, fuck, guys sign, they buy their card. Like, if you buy your card, I think it should be a rule, a rule, right? Like, yeah. is well, that not, you compare the NHL players, like they, right? their team doctor says they can't play, they're not playing. Well, and I, and, and, and I realize and, and, they're and, on a contract. And it, always, and it always comes back, it always comes back to like the NHLs don't make, NHL players don't make any money. Like, if they don't play, like they're yeah. on contracts. And if we don't ride, yeah. we don't get any money. Yeah. But still, you got to be able to step back. Like, okay, is it really worth me getting on this bull now yeah. when I'm my head's all messed up? Just and to the, win whatever. When, if I'm 10 I grand, could be, five grand. I like, could, yeah, you could be a vegetable the next yeah. day, right? Like, I even think, the other day, like we were like, even the other day, Jess Lockwood got clearly got a, I, a, what would it look like a concussion? Mm-hmm. And we could be wrong, but comes back and wins a hundred grand in that day. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, that's, where do you draw the line? And they yeah. have, and they have protocol at that level. And do we even know if that you can instantaneously tell that? Can you tell? Yeah. Like, can you, are they, are the after effects even, can you even tell within 20 minutes after you get a concussion? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I'm, I mean, and I just had a conversation with Adam Jamison the other day at, uh, at the retirement party for Scott Schiffner. And Adam's been out for like, I want to say like two years three, now. Three, two or three years. Cause he's been out. Yeah. He, he with quit about the same time stuff. I went down. Yeah. Yeah. And he said that he saw someone the other day 
And one thing that they said is that they still don't know shit about concussions. Like no. they, they're still like the research, like they're like, they're still stumped for the most part on a lot of stuff. Like they don't even know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's a, I think, I think this we is, can, we've talked about this before, about like how rodeo and bull riding, like, or like needs to come together. Mm-hmm. I think this is where you can unite and like come together and like part of it. Yeah. And that's part of like the problem. Like a guy can get knocked out and be, can't ride the PBR, but he can yeah. go compete at a pro rodeo well, or even a, a guy can, or guy can go yeah, like you get said, in trouble. Alex. Yeah. Or get, or yeah, do that. Or like even, even the blacklist is one thing where a guy can go and be banned from one association, but go and ride at another, another one. Right. Yeah. Or like even the guys that, run up a bill with the CPRA and then they go to the PBRs, they go to the BRCs or, you know, they go somewhere else. Like yeah. it's kind of, I don't know. It, yeah. I'd, I'd like I think to it see, would benefit everyone to be under one umbrella. I'd like to see a thing to be adopted. Like with the NHL with the concussion spotters, like, like, like just then like, yeah, they, they don't like, they don't pull them out of the game. Like they just make them go for the test. And if they can go, yeah. like you're fine. You go through your baseline, but, but we don't even have the test yet with the, with, with some of the stuff, like some of the, some places do, but like well, that's why you do the rodeo is even further, far further behind. Right. Like mm-hmm. they don't have, like we at least have sports medicine at all the events because of the Ty Podsbon Foundation in Canada, but that doesn't even count in the states or or and then the rodeos are a whole other bag of worms. And right? in my opinion, those people like the sports medicine team should be given the power to be like, "Hey, like you can." But they don't want it because they don't want to be the guys that tell them like they're friends with the guys. They don't want to be the guys to tell them they can't mm-hmm. go and. But that's what guys need to realize though. They're they're not saying you can't ride because they don't want you to get on and they don't want you no. money. They want you to be healthy. It's for your health. It's yeah. for your. It's for the great. It's for the bigger picture. But do we really have the resources and the like? what's it going to take to have another whole team there as a concussion thing? Like that's kind of unnecessary too, at this point, right? Like the NHL has the the resources and they have a, enough people involved or whatever it is that they can have a team mm-hmm. be another aspect of it. But we're just doing good to get the sports medicine team at all for these sure, events sure. now. Right. Yeah. And that's not even happened to the rodeos yet. And I don't think concussions are even really on the friggin' rodeo businesses fucking radar. No, they're not. They got so much other shit going on. They don't, it's not even on the radar yet. Mm-hmm. So, I got a little fired up there. Well, it's a it's a hot topic, and I mean, yeah, I think oh, I had a thought and lost it. But anyways, I think it just guys just need to be accountable themselves too, right? I Partially, think, I think I think people are starting to like competitors are starting to see the bigger some picture are, more yeah. too, right? Like some, some of them are, and I should say a lot of them are. But in addition to that, though, when a guy is brain injured or when they have a concussion they're not in the right mind to really make, make the decision, decision either, yeah. which is another issue. Right. And, and there was one movie I watched a couple of years ago called the crash reel. It was actually on a plane in like Australia or something. And, and I, this movie came up, it was about Kevin Pierce and he tries to go back snowboarding again, like goes away from everybody. That's all his friends and family and everything. And then goes back snowboarding. And he, I, I don't know if he was competing or if he was just like riding one day or something, but he actually realized if, like at some point, like when he came back that he couldn't compete, like he actually realized it. And he had an epiphany where like, he realized like, Oh wow, I'm really not as good anymore. But he was right up there with Sean white. Like he was going to be at the Olympics and had a major wreck and a huge brain injury. He couldn't see right for a long time. And, mm-hmm. and when a person is brain injured like that, they don't realize that they can't, do what they used to do or Watch they it, yeah. they don't realize that that's that's wrong some with the human mind like mm-hmm. that we don't realize well, it changes you a little bit right like oh it changes even, big time yeah like it, your body goes through changes and it adjusts everything it becomes a new normal yeah and so you like the, even like i read a thing about chase outlaw like when he rides now he sees double after really? smashing his face yeah he's what and he, he's still competing yeah holy shit yeah so i like it just stuff like that it's just, like where did you see that I want to say like Flisco or somebody tweeted it out or like it was on Twitter or it was a story I read that he's yeah, actually when he's like riding, he sees double. Wow. So I mean like that is you kind of so just good. like, that's where I 
get back to the big picture thing, it's like you got to step back and like think of the big picture. Like, wow. But I, th- I think but at the time for some of them, that is the big picture. That's all you know. I, well, and that's, that's what I was just going to say. Like a lot of these guys, like without bull riding, what do they got? Yeah. Someone said last year, like the PBR has been like starting initiatives to like have conferences for guys like and give yeah. them options. It's part of the Western Sports Foundation. Yeah. And some of I the think like, guys need to take laughing. advantage of that. Yeah. And I think, I think a lot will. Like, I mean, I, I heard something that I didn't really realize that much, but like Cooper Davis is looking at retiring already. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's kind of cool for a guy to be, I don't know. He's under 30, I think. Mm-hmm. And he's already won two and a half million dollars. He's built a big house in Texas. He's, you know, going to go on to the next thing. Like, I think, I think that's great that the PBR can do that for guys and, for sure. and they can do, and they can move on to the next thing. Well, I it's think not that's not to retire on yet, but no, I mean, but still. it gives them like letting them opt, like giving them options to do something like, yeah, like it, it's kind of like what the CHL does with their, with their players. Like every year you played in CHL, mm-hmm. you get a, a year of school. Oh yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, I mean, if they can give them like just something to get them started and give them somewhere to go. Cause like yeah. you see a lot of the guys who retired, like where are they now or kind mm-hmm. of thing. Right. Or what are they, what are they, what do you, what do you do when that's all you know and you don't, worry about it like, yeah that's all you that's like you think that because it's not going to last forever that's the big that's the thing oh yeah like you're gonna you well and you ride. get that but not everybody does but yeah we'll continue we this need more people to get that we'll continue this conversation on episode 31 cowboy shit it'll be coming at you january 30th thanks for listening this week everyone catch you next time this was episode 30 of cowboy shit with ted and wacy brought to you by everything cowboy